Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Hello everybody, and thank you again for listening to another episode of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. It's Kylie Miller here, and today I'm joined with Dennis Burns, R.L. Frazier, and our special guest today, Dustin Harold. How's everybody doing today? Doing great. We're surviving. Surviving. We're good. Let's talk about about surviving really quick. So, you know, Friday's a big day. We're supposed to be opening back up. Um, What are y'all doing in y'all's part of the world, Mr. R.L.? You talking about as far as the reopening? Yes, as far as reopening. well, I just had a conversation with my staff, and we're going to start Monday morning opening back up. Uh, I've asked the secretary to at least plan on being there a half a day, mm-hmm. uh, working on some things. Be glad to start handing her back my expense account to do because it takes me a half a day to do one, and she can do it in five minutes. Uh, some other things that we need to get done that she can start working on. Uh, and the rest of us will kind of schedule around her if we yeah. need to be in the office. But um, I'm going to start hopefully maybe making a few more visits, farm visits, than I've been doing. Strictly been on a requested basis up until this point. But they shut me down. I'm going to try to make a few limited visits in the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, talking with my 4-H agent, he said the kids have done burnout on virtual meetings. They don't want to do it no more. They're ready to get back together. Yeah, everything I've been reading is 4-H's been, you know, they're going virtual and, you know, camp. They're not doing camp anymore. Yeah. Um, summer. So it's going to be a slow reopening. But, Dennis, we're not going back to our office till June. Is that still correct? That's correct. We can't go back until the convention center opens in Concordia. And we can, I mean, y'all can go up there one at a time and spend some time if you want to go up and get your office set back up or you can just yeah. stay at home or, you know, yeah. it's we're going to kind of be just uh, in limbo here till the convention center opens. And I'm not sure when that's going to be. Ten, yeah. In Tinsall, we're, James Hendricks now already going back and forth doing yeah. demos and stuff and so um, Betsy's you know she she can come in and out now to work on some of her stuff but she's basically going to continue mostly from home I think yeah yeah well Dustin how's it going well uh, it's going good um, as far as research stations we actually officially opened uh, last Monday so we're we're back at work as as you know we can work out in the fields and, and keep social distancing and and get done what we need to get done because if we don't get out back into the fields and, and start doing our research we're gonna miss the whole season so you know we've we've been doing as much as we can to make sure that that doesn't happen because we have you know time sensitive information that that uh, is sponsored by uh, rice growers as, as well as uh, soybean and, and corn growers that um, you know we really can't miss a season uh, with that so so we've been doing our best to make sure that everything as far as research is on track and and uh, so far it's gone well we actually 
we have limited some of our off-station trials uh, early on, um, but last week we, we were able to go to some off-station locations and, and plant. We planted two off-station locations last week, uh, including we, we traveled to St. Joseph uh, Research Station and planted there, um, both my group, the breeding group, uh, and the um, weed science group. And then uh, my group also planted uh, in Palmetto, Louisiana last week. So we've been moving along, trying to keep everything on track the best we can. We, we still have a couple locations we need to plant. And with the rain and the forecast and wet soils currently, we, you know, we're, we're definitely behind. But a late trial is better than, than no trial at all. Right. Well, um, do you have a couple of on just around the state? What's going on with the rice? Yeah, sure. So it's it's really kind of uh, two different scenarios based on where you're at. Um, you know, North East Louisiana, y'all have a better idea than, than probably I do. But for the most part, uh, wet soils has hampered a lot of planting early on. So a lot of rice was planted uh, really in the past, I don't know, a week and a half. Uh, we had quite a bit of rice go in uh, in that part of the world. So a little bit late there. But in South Louisiana, it was really a different story. We were actually dry early, and um, March was was dry, and it was also 10 degrees hotter than it normally is. So we planted a lot of rice in March, and it grew quickly, and uh, yeah. the crop was great. We come into April, and we get uh, like a 10-day cold spell, and that kind of knocked us back a little bit, slowed things down, yellowed up some rice, made some herbicides a little bit hotter than, than we we typically see it because of the cold weather and, and the stress with the rice. But all in all, it's been a great start, uh, particularly in southwest Louisiana. One of the best starts that we've had in, in years because we haven't had a major, um, you know, stress event that, that we've had, you know, in previous years where a lot of years, most of that stress was usually um, flooding. And we haven't seen that this year. So that that's great. And let's hope that holds for the rest of the year. What about acres? Is a lot more rice acres this year or about the same? Yeah, rice acres are going to be up this year. We're probably going to have about 430,000 acres um, increase. Overall, rice acres in, in the U.S. are going to increase. I think it's, uh, I think the USDA has a 7% increase uh, overall. But yeah, so, so rice acres have increased this year. Okay. Dennis Nara, have you seen a lot of red rice in y'all's area? It's it's more red rice than paddy rice. Two to it's more. There's probably three, five to one. I mean, it's in fact I know one producer's got. I think he told me the other day he's got 500 acres of row rice and a couple hundred acres of paddy rice, and he's converting that slowly as he goes. So it's it's everybody's right for us. Unless unless it's zero grade. Zero grade stay inside. Uh, Kylie, we're seeing the same thing in Madison. Uh, I've talked to a couple of guys uh, this year that's back into rice that hadn't been in rice in several years are back in, and they're going with uh, uh, row rice. I'm talking one with 1,000 acres and one with 600 acres. Uh, so we will triple our row rice in Madison Parish this year. Wow. 
Well, I guess while we have Dustin on the line, uh, Dustin, can you think of anything if you're a first-time row riser grower? Uh, you know, kind of what do what these guys need to consider? Uh, the first thing I would consider is, is don't jump 100% into row rise. Start small um, mm -hmm. if it's your first time doing it um, because there is really a lot more management to furrow irrigated rice um, early on. Um, because you you really have to walk that field, you have to make sure you know you're you're going to irrigate more often, uh, smaller irrigations, but more often, um, and you're really going to have to to watch the weed spectrum. The weed spectrum can change a little bit because we're uh, you're going to have you know more uh, upland crop type weeds that you're going to have to start worrying about as well. So um, you know you're going to have to when it comes to managing weeds, we, we always want to start clean um, and row rice, and, and we want to use a lot of residuals. We, we want to overlap residuals if possible, and that way, because it takes a lot longer, well, it takes about two weeks longer for a row rice field for that canopy to close. So, you know, in flooded rice, we have the flood that helps us manage our weeds. And um, once we put that flood on, usually that rice takes off pretty quickly um, and that canopy will close but row rice you're gonna have to give it a couple extra weeks and so weed management is a little bit tougher uh, in row rice um, so that's one thing that you're gonna have to watch out for another thing you have to watch out for is upland crops like furrow irrigated rice or row rice um, can be susceptible to blast um, blast is a pretty serious disease it can almost wipe out a, a rice crop and it's more prominent in upland soils. Um, and so if you're going to do row rice, you want to make sure that you choose a variety or a hybrid that has good resistance to blast. And if you, um, you may want to consider, if you have a moderately susceptible variety, um, two fungicide applications to, to keep blast from, uh, you know, devastating, you, you know, your, your row rice. Mm -hmm. So those are probably the, the biggest things to take a, to be aware of early on. Yeah. And Dennis, I know I, we've talked about it you know, maybe one or two podcasts ago, but you were talking about doing some billbug research uh, in row rice at St. Joe. Are y'all still doing that? Were y'all able to get it planted? Yes, we planted uh, last week, last Monday, I think, the uh, we got the fertigation part of it planted. We got the billbug stuff. We got uh, all the fertility stuff. Some of it with Dustin. It's all with Dr. Josh Copes. We got all the row rice planted last last Sunday and Monday. Uh, RL and I came down Wednesday and we managed to get everything flushed. Then we got an inch rain. So it ought to be coming up good. So it's, uh, and then we're going to have to divide out. But the plot work all went in first and it's separate than the fertigation stuff. But we, we're going to look at two or three different things. I think the uh, we may have a small section where we're going to hold water as a flood, and then we're going to not hold water. Like normal producers around us here, it, it goes back and forth. Some of them hold water, some of them don't. Uh, it's kind of their personal preference. Uh, but anyway, I, well, I, I have an opinion on that, but, you know, anyway. So it... Uh, it's kind of one of those things, you know, you, you sometimes you have to, sometimes I think it's just because it's rice, you think you're supposed to have water on it, you know, and it's not necessarily. So, I mean, we're doing well not holding water, so. 
treating that, just that's like just any blood, other. right? You're, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, just on irrigation. Just, I mean, we okay. if you treat it just like we do soybeans, cotton, corn, irrigation. Yeah, you're right, Dustin. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna flush it. It's gonna take half the time to flush, and that's base, basically all you do. You don't let it dry out below five inches. You monitor it. You flush it. We get enough frequent range. You have to flush for ir for fertilize, but it works really easy once you get it set up. And it's actually a little easier to manage your water. You don't have you don't lose a lot of water either if you're paying attention to it. It's not like you know. Do you have any moisture meters set out, or is that something then that you know uh, you to recommend? We'll put, we'll put them out. Don't use watermarks. You have to use a volumetric and uh, put one at about five inches, and you can trigger off it. It seems to work pretty good. Uh, you just uh, pay attention. Main thing is when it starts hitting, you got to keep it wet. You got to keep it watered then. Uh, and the and the roots go down. I mean, we're seeing roots last year. We dug up roots down to ten and twelve inches. So it's uh, it's looking, it's growing, it's more, it's growing down. The roots are growing down, looking for water. So uh, we're still trying to learn about all that. But this this is kind of what we're doing so far. So is that typical for row rice, or is, is you know I've never looked, noticed or paid attention to the root system in rice. Does it uh, does it typically grow that deep in conventional rice? I guess. Well, typically in uh, our flooded rice, most of the root system, probably over 90%, is going to be in the top four inches, um, just okay. because that's, you know, in the, in the flooded scenario. And and that's why, one reason why that in rice, we, when we take soil samples, we don't take them to six inches for flooded rice. You know, we've, we're only taking those to four inches. Uh -huh. So that's why rice is, the soil testing is a little bit different. I was thinking that, but you, he had me, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, let's move on to a crop update. Um, Mr. RL, what's, um, how's, I guess, how's everything growing up there? I know y'all have gotten, you know, seems like twice the amount of rain that we've gotten in my part of the world. Um, I guess what's, you know, what stage is the corn in and how the, how's everything look? Are y'all planted? Mr. RL? Yes, we don't. I think Excuse we're done. me. No, I'm here. I have my mic muted. I'm sorry. Uh -oh. <laughs> I say, I see your, uh, your picture. Yeah, still taking care of other things while we're doing this too. I'm sorry. Uh, but yes, from the best that I can tell, Kylie, with my limited ability to travel right now because of this, I mean, this house arrest we're under. Don't take it the wrong way. No, it's not a legal house arrest. Uh, but. You know, what little I have been able to travel, what I've called some producers and talked to them about it. Uh, all the corn planted, all the beans are probably, well, Friday, I'll say we're 100% planted on beans. Mm -hmm. Cotton, we're probably there too. Uh, are not real close, uh, other than maybe some seat water ground that's just where they'll wait till it comes out. Uh, far as the way the crop looks, it's in all stages. Some's probably close to tasseling. Some is probably in a V2, 3 stage. Some looks good. Some looks ragged. It's all over, and the deer are eating us alive. I've got to try to see what we can do about some deer management programs for the wildlife and fisheries here. When we get through with this so we got a mixed bag and it's hard to really give you a true answer 
I can't get out and run. I think we lost him again. Oh, I'm sorry. There you are. How much did you get? You were talking about deer damage. Oh, deer damage. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of where we at. We got, we got a lot of deer damage and trying to see what we can do to maybe get them relief through wildlife fisheries. Uh, that's what I'll do when we get through here. Mm -hmm. Well, Dennis, but, how, I mean, what's tensaw look like? And here again, you know, I'm like RL, you got limited, limited factors. And I've been, I have been out and about a little bit on some calls. I'm going to look here when I get off of this and look at deer damage on corn and soybeans uh, in Tensile uh, to get the wildlife. We've got to fill out that form for the for the producer for wildlife fisheries. Uh, beans are all, beans are pretty much all, they're the only ones we're finishing up. Uh, they're still planting some of those. Cotton's pretty much done. Corn, we got mid-season applications going out on it. Polypipes all out. Uh, most of it in water. We're going to um, go, go look at some corn when I leave here at, with the deer dam, I'm going to look at another field and we're potentially going to irrigate it starting probably this evening or tomorrow. Um, but it's uh, thrips, thrips on the cotton and some, some of the older cotton got thrips with this cool spell set it back. Some cotton's just been planted. I think it'll come up and grow on pretty good. Uh, the temperature's pretty stable, but it's, I mean, all in all, it's a fair crop. Um, rice is we're getting like I say most of the rice is in a bunch of it went in last week and this week uh, so they're on the heavier ground uh, it's it's getting there it's 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 all coming together yeah well same same I've, I've seen I've got sent a picture this morning actually from some corn in Catahoula starting to castle um, so um, you know corn's developing right along looks great um, I do know some beans that have not yet been planted, but they typically plant pretty late. Um, but all in all, the same as what y'all are seeing. Um, polypipes going up this week. Um, and mid-season corn, you know, applications. But other than that, same same as y'all. Um, um, moving on, we don't really go ahead. Uh, Dustin, with these cool nights and cool weather, how is how is this affecting young rice? I know what it's doing to some corn and stuff. Yeah, so cold weather is pretty much going to shut down a lot of our growing degree days, so you're not going to see a lot of movement in the rice. If it gets too cold and you have wind, uh, you can get some cold and, and wind damage where it's going to brown up the tips, um, rip that cuticle, and, um, you know, uh, damage up the rice that way um, and this can be exacerbated especially if you just put out a herb herbicide so okay. um, so yeah we have had some calls um, where you know these cold temperatures and uh, wind has is, is caused the rice to, to slow down or stop uh, we had growers call when they had just put out their pre-flood fertilizer and they want to know why that it's been three days. Typically, we see a response for nitrogen application in three days. Why haven't we seen that nitrogen response yet? Well, the reason is because you haven't had three days of good growing conditions. If you don't have those heat units, um, that rice is not going to take up that nitrogen. It's not going to have a lot of movement. So 
just be aware whenever we talk about the three-day rule where when you want to see a response it's three days of, of good growing conditions that means you have to have the heat units that rice has to be free from any stress whether that's a herbicide stress cold stress or anything like that uh, and then we'll typically see that response now if they are growing flooded rice and they put that nitrogen out just remember that as long as that rice is flooded that nitrogen is going to remain there you're not going to lose it as long as it's still in that ammonium form and it'll be there whenever that rice it gets warmer and, or that rice recovers from the herbicide or cold damage uh, and it'll start moving normally so just don't lose that flood and, unless you have to I like that you said the cold weather could cause the browning of the tip. Yeah, yeah, that especially okay. cold wind damage. Right. Yeah. We've had that, and that's what I'm thinking. Okay, we may get cause of chemical damage, drift problems, or something when they start seeing those brown tips. Yeah, a lot of that is if if every plant has the brown tips and they're they're ripped, you can see them they're ripped from the wind. Um, and it always starts from the tip down a lot of times that's and, and you've had cold windy weather that's probably going to be wind damage okay very good thank you if it's herbicide damage you're gonna see patterns in the field as well yes uh, so if it's uniform it's probably wind damage and it should outgrow that shouldn't it oh definitely when it warms up and uh, you have good growing conditions, and that rice is no longer stressed, it'll grow out of it very quickly. Okay, thank you. Hmm? Dennis, didn't you have a question of the day? Uh, yes, I have a question of the day. How long does it take sunflowers <laughs> to come up? Sunflowers <laughs> to come up. Yep. Man's got a dove field. I say seven to four days, depending on soil here. I told him how deep depends on how deep he planted them. Well, to getting the moisture. Uh, yeah. He he sent me a text this morning. Said you know he caught we called last week and wanted to know how much to plant. And I told him, and you know, and normally, I mean, it's funny because you buy. Sunflower seed, you buy an oil seed, and it's in a 50-pound bag, and you're going to plant five acres or four acres, you know, for a dove patch. And they call up and say, well, you know, I got a whole bag. I said, you're only going to plant about six pounds in a 38-inch row. So, um, you know, you want nice big heads. So, you know, you're going to have plenty left over. <laughs> but he said, he did. He said, okay, how long does it take to come up? I said, well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, that was the question of the day. That, that was the question of the day. Okay. We didn't hear Dustin chime in on. No, <laughs> I don't know much about sunflowers. So. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all don't have a sunflower patch? Oh, I got I to tell you this, Kylie. Sure, go ahead. You there, Ariel? You gotta love working from home, and we all got home internet that just goes in and out. I mean, it's terrible. Dustin, you're at the station, aren't you? Yeah, I'm at the rice station right now. Yours is at least consistent. Ours, mine's been in and out all morning. So, and evidently, Ariel's in and out. So, we're uh, <laughs> we're struggling with this. You know, this this part of the this part of the stay at home has been a struggle all year long, or all all during this time. Yeah. 
Right. Just do the best we can. Uh, well, we've been on here for it looks like 29 minutes now, so it's uh it's probably about time to close. We don't have any current events going on that I know about. Um, you know, Dustin, y'all still gonna do a field day, or have y'all are y'all discussing anything? Just while I'm thinking well, about it. So the Rice Station field day, as you know, typically we have 300 plus people. You know. Right. On a, on a, and on a good year, we may even have 500. But um, because of that, we haven't efficiently, officially closed it off yet or canceled it. But very likely this week, we're probably going to cancel um, the Rice Station Field Day as normally as it normally occurs. Um, mm -hmm. We are discussing possibilities. Um, we're probably most likely going to have a virtual field day uh, mm -hmm. for the Rice Station Field Day. And what that's going to look like um the, the most likely scenario is, is we're going to um, record um, high quality videos and we are going to have a Rice Station Field Day website. And on the day of the field day, um, those uh, videos um, will be uploaded um, on that day and where people can look at those. And it'll be similar to our um, field tours. Uh, we, as you know, we also have a poster session, and those, instead of having a poster session, we're going to have uh, PowerPoints that people can upload uh, onto the website and, and um, to replace that, that poster session. And for our guest speakers, um, we were looking into, um, you know, we normally have a big um, group where we'll have uh, the Commissioner of Agriculture and, and other guest speakers uh, speak about the industry. Um, and we're looking into having guest speakers doing a live meeting uh, for their presentations. But all that's up in the air right now. And um, it hasn't officially been canceled, but I can tell you that it's probably 98% possibility that it's going to be canceled in this normal way. And we're probably going to have some sort of virtual. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, um, and other than that, that's the only, I mean, unless there's another virtual field day, anybody else is planning, I don't know about, but that's all the events that I can think of. Um, but Dustin, we thank you for joining us today and, uh, sorry everyone for all the technical difficulties, uh, <laughs> doing the best we can, uh, working from home. Uh, hopefully things will get back to normal real soon. And, uh, thanks everybody for listening. My pleasure. Take care. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local Extension office.